My favorite thing about Kentucky Downs is the psych out on the stretch run. It, it, you make it makes you think they're almost to the wire, and then they change the angle. You're like, nope, they still got like you know a furlong, half a furlong to go. So it, <laughs> they're never almost the there. Like right there. You're like, oh shit, <laughs> it's not. And I always, I always have that horse too, where it's like, it's like, okay, he's in front, and it's like, oh no, they got like 500 yards left. <laughs> There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared Who had advice on racing and they wanted to share it Started a website where players go to see all their picks The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exacta There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to So next time that the horses all line up at the post Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga And all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets Plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your bets RacingDudes.com as good as it gets RacingDudes.com for all of your needs RacingDudes.com for all of your leads RacingDudes.com for all of your bets, racingdudes.com, as good as it gets. What's up, Buster? Welcome to the It is Thursday, September 14th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's up, man? How's it going, everybody? Uh, good to see everybody again. Uh, show number three today on the on the <laughs> network, so that's, that's good. And we still got one more to go after this. So busy Thursday, like always here. God, it just seems like every every Thursday I come out, I was like, geez, there's a lot going on this week. I think every week. Well, you are the face of racing dudes anymore. <laughs> you you are on every Halterman's so vain that like we have meetings every week and we're like, you know, and he's like, no, I want to be on everything. Right. Like on I, everything. He actually tried to get the logo on the website changed to just him, but I finally stopped it. So I literally do the opposite of that. And <laughs> people just don't do what he doesn't show up for meetings, do, actually. So, yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, what's up, man? What's, uh, what's going on with you, uh, lately? No, I mean, I've, I've been working on racing, dude. You go to the OU game Saturday, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did go to the OU game for the first one we went to, uh, couldn't go to the one, the opener. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, they're better for sure. I don't think they're going to be embarrassing, but I, I still don't think they're close to what they they should be, but they're getting, they're getting there. They're much, they're much better. I think. How's is the, is the crowd still very much? Oh, you crowd, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they still are believers. I mean, I think everybody kind of just gave, gave them a pass for what happened last year and they don't deserve a pass, but they, they definitely deserve. Okay. Hopefully you learn from it and you're better. They are better. I, I, I don't know how much better, um, but they definitely are a better, team they're going to be much easier to watch i think this year but they still they don't have those elite players they're, they're starting to get them though their recruiting is going pretty well so we'll see yeah how about texas big win over alabama there today that was huge well and i think i think if you want to get into it that's that's the difference in the programs right now if alabama's down but to go beat them you got to have really good players and texas has them i, I don't think oklahoma would have the guys that could go down there and win like texas did and Texas did it because they could match up with them, right? Um, you got to match up with them up front, and, and Texas could do that. And 
you know, they took advantage of an Alabama defense that just isn't it isn't what it used to be. I mean, I saw a funny thing like uh, like Arch Manning or is like going to have to is going to have to transfer now because that quarterback looks so good. I I think I think that quarterback situation is going to get interesting the more they go. Uh, you know, last year he was dominating Alabama before he got hurt, and when he came back, he really wasn't. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't like a world beater. And so this year is the first game. He wasn't really a world beater goes down to Alabama. Looks great. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but yeah, Quinn Ewers is pretty darn good. And I, I think Arch Manning knew he wasn't going to play this year anyway. So yeah, um, that'll be interesting though. Yeah. I'm trying to think like, it seemed like we had a lot of racing going on, but uh, nothing, I guess he did have the, the closing of Del Mar to the debutante and, and the uh, futurity. Uh, you know, Tamara, Tamara, however you want to pronounce it, Prince of Monaco, those two won the uh, the two uh, pers- uh, respective races. Tamara, what do you think of this one? I mean, she kind of went from being somewhat, I wouldn't say disappointing, but you didn't know how really good she might be. Um, and then she ran in this race and she looked like her mom. <laughs> she was really, really good. Yeah, the debut race. Yeah. It was a nice performance for sure, but it wasn't a jump off the screen at you performance. This one definitely was. And it it probably has more to do with the way Mandela trains. You know, he's not going to get him just to fire a massive race on debut. He kind of builds him up. That's probably what it was. Um, I mean, I don't know what you could say bad about it, right? <laughs> that was really, really good. And she looks to have the most talent out of anybody we've seen so far in that class. Uh, doesn't have the resume quite yet of a bright work, but talent wise, how can be hard to beat that? That looked really good. Yeah. The bright work and, uh, and, and, uh, Tamara matchup will be, will be fun to watch. Assuming they're both in the breeders cup. How about the other one? The Bob Baffert trainee, um, <laughs> Prince of Monaco wins the few charity. I mean, the horse literally was one to nine. Um, just got pounded and, and probably should have been considering the field. We talked about it last week um, on all our YouTube content, but Miramati kind of showed looked more like what he was supposed to look like, I guess maybe is the best way to put that. Like from the start, he ran a better race than he had still got beat ran second, but dude, you tell me like, I didn't, I wasn't overly impressed with this race from anyone. Certainly not the winner. I don't think the winner is going to want to go, uh, you know, more than, you know, mile 16. Yeah, I don't even know if the winner wants to go a mile and 16th at all. I think that's going to be really interesting to see uh, his next race if they stretch him out. Miramati looked like twice the size of that horse, too. I I don't really know what his deal is, but yeah, he looked like the horse that might stretch out a little bit better, even though he's never won a race. I'm kind of with you. I thought we'd see, I mean, you know, Prince Monaco won. It wasn't too bad of a race, but it it wasn't just a blow the doors off of them type of effort. And so we'll see. I think the juvenile is pretty open at this point. Um, good, good win for sure, but not, not a crazy. Wow. That he's going to be really tough to beat moving forward type of win. Yeah. And what's so interesting about that is like you have him and it's not like, of course you can't really, you know, cave rock and some of those horses that Bob Baffert has had don't t- typically pan out at least as, as of late, as far as winning that race. But you have like the Muth, who was the favorite over in Prince of Monaco the, the time before, the best pal. And then you obviously Miramati, who had a lot of hype. And so, uh, before all the, you know, before the horse, uh, like kind of debuted. Mm-hmm. So you kind of wonder, like, 
if we're going to start to level off with with Prince of Monaco and some of these, you know, the the Muth and like in Miramati, who originally had all the hype to start, maybe figure it out and start running better. And of course, there's like probably ten other horses that he's got that we don't even, you know, have, aren't even on our watch list yet. But from from a two year old perspective to the Breeders' Cup perspective, I wouldn't be surprised if if like a Muth was a more interesting horse, uh, depending on what he what happens with him next. Um, for me, that because uh, you know you look at the two-year-old males, we saw that in Saratoga and Hopeful is not awesome, right? So you're kind of scratching your head trying to think, who is that horse at least right now? Yeah, and the next races could tell us that uh, for sure. We'll see what happens when they start to stretch out a little bit, and we'll talk about one, the Iroquois. Right. Uh, we might have one or two come out of it, maybe. But uh, yeah, you, you bring up Cave Rock, and I think that's kind of the big thing. Like I remember Cave Rock after he won uh, this race. Uh, you're talking about the Del Mar Futurity after he won it last year. You, you knew it's like okay, this is a big time horse. He's going to be the favorite in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile unless something happens. He's going to be tough to beat. He didn't go on to win it, obviously, but still you had that establishment, right? Like you knew in your, in your, you know, head, Hey, he's good. This one didn't give you that kind of feeling, not to say he can't go on and win it because you kind of highlighted, I'm not seeing a ton of really great horses, but I also think it's like, we have a lot to answer going into that last round of preps, you know, whether it be at Keeneland or, or the American Pharaoh out at Santa Anita, the champagne up at Belmont, well, aqueduct this year. Um, there's a lot of question marks where last year cave rock, definitely number one. And then we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. It, it's uh it's tough. Right. And even like you look at last year, like you like with cave rock, no, was it last? Yeah. Last year. Um, and you know, cave rock. And then of course, Forte kind of wasn't yet for, you know, like we, we, we still believed Forte or cave rock was maybe the horse, you know? And yeah. so you start to see some of these horses that kind of, like I said, like that, you know, Prince of Monaco looked really good and people might, you know, but might get passed by, you know, well, Mark mentions locked, um, you know, a horse like that, maybe that's, that's making their starts, you know, at the right time, you know, making that next start, like you said, will be impressive. And then the next start is in the reader's cup and like, Oh yeah, that's, that's the horse that's going to beat the, you know, the heavy favorite uh, Baffert or whatever the case is. So still a lot of time. Um, even though there's not, I just did the classic uh, rankings video yesterday and it's like doing the math, you know, it's like, we're seven weeks out. So, and you, you yeah. do the, and you really do the math and you think, well, there's only three weeks, four weeks max of, of, time to run a, a race before the breeders cup right and so you're really running out of time to see what you know as far as some of these horses that you might like going into the breeders cup well i think i think in the two-year-old situations though that is a lot of time because you haven't seen any of them go two turns right so in those two-year-old situations everything can drastically change between now and the breeders cup because you do see that oh, now this horse went two turns and he's not very good and this one's not very good and this one improved and they kind of separate it with each other, right? Where in the classic, it's like, okay, yeah, one prep or no preps and you kind of know who they are and there's not going to be a ton of change in it. Mark, what's, no, what's more wide open, the juvenile or the classic? I mean, I think both, but right now I would go juvenile just because I don't even know who's in the juvenile. I mean, at least the classic, yeah. I'm starting to have a, we start, I'm starting to have a feel for, five, six, seven horses that are probably going to be in it. But with the juvenile, I mean, can, like we really can't for sure say like two horses that are in it. Agree. Um, 100% at, at this moment, juvenile, 
with the chance of that changing though. Yeah, for sure. yeah. I, yeah, um, I mean, that's the thing. It's like if one of these juveniles really pops, yeah. Then because that's the thing about the classic is we don't have any of those horses that you really can depend on that might pop. You know, and I guess Light of Bardo could be it. We'll see. But yeah. Uh, but if one of these juveniles runs off the screen in one of these next races, then it gives you something to go off of to say, well, maybe this is a very top heavy race where the classic seems like you could throw a dice, you know, and pick one. So, yep. I think, I think that's a really, really good point uh, because, you know, you, you think about some of the favorites of the juvenile, even like a Dennis's moment. I know he didn't win, but it was in the, you know, this race at Churchill where it was like, Oh, he's really good, you know, and uh classic empire. It's like, Oh, he's really good when he won at Keeneland, but it was all later. Yeah. You just don't know much while the two-year-olds are so fun during that summer. As far as the Breeders' Cup goes, you just don't know, right, until they run these last preps going two turns. Well, it wasn't um, – let, let me pull that up real fast. Like, wasn't – no, I'm sorry. He won the hopeful. I was – the for charity. So, like, with, with Forte, I was thinking – it was Stanford I was thinking of that he didn't run well. Right. Um, and then came back and won the hopeful. And then, of course, really asserted himself in for charity and obviously became the big-time player. So, that's that kind of move you're talking about, that – Okay, maybe they're good. We'll see. And then that November start, I mean, I'm sorry, the October start really, yep. the end of September, you know, that's when you see, figure out which one of these lists of horses are for real Breeders' Cup contenders, for the, especially for the juvenile, right? So, yeah. And those divisions, all of the juvenile divisions, that they're the last true buildup that we have left, right? Some of the, a lot of these older horses, sprinters, routers, turf horses that are older, no matter what. Some of them prep during the quote unquote Breeders' Cup prep season, and some of them have already ran their last race before the Breeders' Cup right now, right? Yeah. So yeah, you do get you get build up for all the races, but some of those contenders aren't around during the you know the prep season, which is right now through that last round of preps. But the juveniles, that is a true build up that we still have left because, like I said, nobody's going from a six or seven furlong race. And training up to the Breeders' Cup. And if they do, you know they're an automatic toss out of the race. <laughs> so it certainly is fun uh, still for the juveniles on this on this lead up to the Breeders' Cup. Well, I feel like the juveniles, more than any division, is, is uh, I mean, they all have some importance to it. But the, especially the, the juvenile divisions where you have, it's like kind of the, the, the now horses. You know, a yeah. lot of times you, like how they're training, you know, not only how they're training, but how, you know, how's their form. Because, you know, we've seen a lot of times where juvenile horses that run in the juvenile don't win, but we do see them later, obviously, progress and, and, and be better. And so I, I do think that it's not always about, you know, the best horse, you know, the most overall best horse. It's sometimes it's how, how you know, the best horse right now. Yep. Um, you know, because these two-year-olds are so funky and can kind of mature later than others. And so to me, that's a huge thing. So if you start to see one of these races, horses pop um, or, or kind of become a little more standout-ish um, in the, this next month, it, it's a lot more of a tell, in my opinion, than it is when it's like a classic race or, or an, an, these older horses because they're going to be more of a standout compared to the other horses they're running against. Yep. No, I totally agree. And, you know, Mark, Mark talks about elite power is going to train up to the Breeders' Cup sprint. I mean, we've heard Wada Barrios training up to the classic. I think you're going to hear that phrase quite a bit uh, in the next few weeks when they, when they draw the races and you're like, Hey, where is horse X? He should be here. or She should be here. And you go, Oh yeah, we're going to train up to it. And you go, Oh, okay. So <laughs> again, you do have that true buildup and you're right. It is all about being the now horse. Uh, when you lean into these juvenile races, 
there at the Breeders' Cup, and we've seen it. Um, some horses that, that win those races, they're not very good after that. Some of them are. I'm not saying all of them, but some of them, it's like they were the time at that time when they ran that race, he or she was a little bit more developed, and then they caught up to him or they got hurt or something, you know? Well, you, you look at the the big one for me is – so I was just talking about this again. If you haven't, um, go to our YouTube page and, and check out the, the I did the classic rankings um, yesterday. I think it's out there now. But um, and the horse that kind of is crawling up the list right now is, is the is the Dubai World Cup winner, Ushba Tessero. Uh, yeah. It's almost like a factor of, wow, this kind of feels like it's a year if the Japanese could win because we just don't have anybody. But he, I just was, I was checking unless there's. You know how it is to try to find some of these international horses, but I don't believe he's ran a race since made on. And, and so that talk about a horse training up for a race. I mean, could that horse win? Sure. Because that was a, that was a very impressive win, but we're talking March, mm-hmm. March to November is when this horse, and it's just hard to believe that horse come in and win the classic after winning Dubai world cup. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea what he's been doing. I, 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 to, to me, honestly, guys, if if the foreign horses, whether it be Jap- uh, Japanese or or over from Europe or or wherever, I don't care what they're doing unless they're here. And that's not that's not me hating on international racing at all. It's me. My job is American racing, right? Like North American racing. I got to cover, you know, Belterra and, and, and Thistle and all these places. I don't have the headspace to go overseas and watch all those races as well. So I don't worry about those horses until they come over here. And I think that's kind of the deal. It's out of sight, out of mind for 98% of us until they are officially coming over and they're officially entered. And then you dive into what they've been doing. So I have no idea what that horse has been up to, but I think the, the the thing about it is when you throw him on the page with what these other horses that we know have been doing that are in our minds, that's when people are going to really dive in and say, okay, what's he been doing? He looks pretty good compared to these horses. Can he win? Can he not win type of thing? Yeah. I can't wait for the, uh, he arrives at Santa Anita and you know, the, the every morning workouts and everyone's yep. you know, raving about how good he looks and, and he's like the the wow horse, and yeah, because I do feel like there's a lot of that in going into it, where it just feels like you know Japanese horses obviously are getting more dominant at the Breeders' Cup. It's not an if, but it's a win for as far as when they're going to win a classic, and and so it if you had if you had like to me, and again like you you know, wait till you see the forms and and make sure the horses are there. But if that horse was like had ran one, two, three more times since one couple of them, you know, good form coming in might be like okay this this seems like it could be the year you know we definitely don't have a pressing uh contingent uh, over here in the united states this feels like but for for the japanese horse coming in and winning off of the you know what is that like six month layoff seven month layoff seven month layoff it'd be it'd be wild so uh but he looked awesome in dubai i mean you got to give him that and it's you kind of forget because that, that feels like a year ago yep Yep. I mean, uh, I, with the way our horses have been running, it's, uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Right. And it, just have to study him up when the time comes. And the other part of it is sometimes at this moment, the horses that they say are coming over, aren't actually the ones that come over. So you don't want to waste a ton of time on it. At this point, you want to get more down the road. You want to get that firm, 
you know, confirmation. Because the fact of the matter is, on September 14th, it really doesn't matter who's coming over in the Classic. You're going to have time to handicap yep. and adjust for it. So what horses from overseas actually come over are going to be big um, as well. But you would think if you've got a horse and, and they can make it into the Breeders' Cup Classic, with that kind of purse, you're you're doing your handicapping as a trainer and you're going, okay, we can go win. So I would think he shouldn't be the only international horse to come over and try it. But as of right now, he's the only one on the list. Yeah, we'll see. Um, you got to think there might be one or two. Because like you said, it just feels like it's the year that should be. Let's take a shot. You know, yep. if this horse, you think this horse can go a mile and a quarter and, and is maybe versatile, even if the horse is like has been mostly on turf, do you think the horse can run on dirt? Give it a shot. I mean, hell, even if you finish, uh, you know, second or third, it might be worth it. But, yeah, we'll see as we get closer um, as this field lines up. But for today's show, we are going to talk a little Breeders' Cup, not Breeders' Cup Classic. But we're going to first talk about Saturday's Iroquois and Saturday's Pocahontas Stakes. The first 2024, that's right, Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks prep races of the year. So we're going to kick things off with the Kentucky Road to the Kentucky Derby and Road to the Kentucky Oaks. Then we're going to get some rapid fire selections for the three Breeders' Cup Challenge Series races at Woodbine. So we have some turf racing as well. Let's go. Dennis says, great to be back at Churchill, maybe. Yeah, we'll see how long it lasts, right? <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not a fan of CDI one bit. But boy, I hope they have a good meet. Like, just have a good meet. Don't don't have any problems. I don't care if I'm cashing bets or not. Just don't have any problems, right? Because yeah. I mean, so far the the only the shining meet has been Del Mar of the of the yeah. you know lately, mm-hmm. and uh, that's saying something. So it, Saratoga was a disaster. Churchill didn't even run all, all year. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, yeah, like you said, hopefully it's uh, – yeah, then you got uh, racing at Aqueduct. How do you feel about those at New York trainers? They have to sit there in Aqueduct for <laughs> ten for months, like six months. Ten. Ten months. Ugh. <laughs> it's going all the way to – what is that? It's, ten months. That's what people are saying. They're, oh, they're, because of the – yeah. Because yeah. after – aqueduct it's not even going to go to belmont right gosh yep. that's insane that's gross yeah good thing they didn't tear it down yet <laughs> right well they're waiting they'll tear it down after all this is over <laughs> they're off in the iroquois all right churchill saturday let's go to the iroquois stakes it's race nine on the program it's a grade three we're 300k going one mile for two-year-olds and yes it is the first official 2024 Kentucky Derby challenge, or I'm sorry, a challenge series, uh, road to the Kentucky Derby, 10, five. They, they kind of redid the numbers this year. They, they're making the second place between the second and third to be wide. So obviously as we get into bigger points, that becomes more of a, you get more reward for being second and first 10 points to the winner, 10, five, three, two, one for your top five finishers. Um, we'll kick things out. We'll do the Pocahontas next for the Yokes. Let's go to race. This, this is race nine. Field of nine, seven to two and nine and two to one on your eight and nine. Risk it and Patriot Spirit five to one on Union Roll uh, for Pletcher. You know, let's be honest. The, the Iroquois. I got. I, I did the the uh, the video for this race, the preview for this race uh, on our YouTube page. Make sure you go watch that. Um, 
I saw, there was a comment. I get, we got some, I got some flack. It never happens every year. You know, I don't know. Like, cause I always say like the Iroquois isn't a producer of, of, of the you know, Derby runners. And I don't know, like, I, I don't know. How could you say that? Yes. Such and such, such and such dude. I mean, I, I went through and I, I do this every year, but I went through and looked at all the numbers. It's like, we literally, we don't, this doesn't produce anything. I think looking at Lee was one of the, is the best uh, finisher. And the horse didn't even win this race. Horse got second that year in the Kentucky Derby. I think finished second or third in the Iroquois, uh, you know, as this two-year-old, this is not typically a producer of Kentucky Derby, not just winners, but runners, good runners. So, but we still have to handicap this race. So I guess, give me your thoughts on the race. And do you think this might be the year we could kind of kick that trend? Well, impossible question to answer. I mean, no, I want absolutely an, I want impossible an question. No, I want the answer. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I I think uh, I think this is going to be. I think there's some horses in here that are interesting for sure. I don't know whether it be Churchill or Churchill next year for the for the uh, Kentucky Derby or whether it's the Breeders' Cup. I, I do like the number eight Risk It quite a bit. Uh, I, I thought the source was very good. Uh, I, I, on debut at Saratoga, I thought ran a very solid race. I think, uh, by gun runner should stretch out to a mile pretty well. Um, I just think that the eight is a, is a pretty nice horse. So I put the eight risk it on top. I'm interested in number seven Gettysburg address, um, at, at 12 to one. I thought that was a really solid debut at Ellis park. Um, didn't get a lot of love at the window. I think that's because of who was on uh, the horse, but now Flavian Pratt gets aboard. So I thought at 12 to one, that horse kind of jumped out at me as well, but on top, I do like the number eight risk it. I think this is, this is a pretty solid horse. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, talk about this horse in the barns. They have a lot of hopes for this horse. You know, this is obviously looked really good on debut at Saratoga. Um, you know, I think I'm not 100% sold on the horse. I think that's fair. Just given we've only seen him once and now we're stretching out to a mile, but you would think based on what we saw, this horse seemed to be getting better as you know, as they kind of extending. Um, and so, yeah, I risk it to me is you, there's nothing about this horse that, sh that tells me, wow, that horse could there's no way that horse could be really good as a three-year-old you know I, if mm -hmm. anything i think the opposite you know it looks like and i'm and i'm with you i don't know what we have in this race but i do think that we have some horses that we'll see down the road because there's some nice breeding in this in this race as far as you know distance goes you know you look at the other aspects and i'm looking at this one very, uh, very closely the four edified um, you know, really looked awesome on debut, just rolled at Ellis and then went to Saratoga and the Saratoga special and just never, you know, got kind of broke, weird, bumped, went to the back, never really ran, you know, obviously rhyme schemes just ran away with it. So that kind of factors into the distance it was beat, but I'm, I'm willing to give this horse another shot, but you look at the big picture, you know, tap it, big purchase price. So you got to think maybe this horse takes some time. Have you heard that one before? Aspies and Tappets. What what could go wrong, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, did you like Edified at all? I did a little bit. Yeah, I, I had that horse in fourth. I I thought this was a pretty nice one. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the Saratoga Special, nothing went right to me. That's a draw line through a type of race. Definitely does have the pedigree as well. So I I liked the four uh, a, a little bit, but not quite as much as the eight. The eight. To me, the eight just kind of has more of the look uh, of the Asmussen horse that's going to be pretty good. You know, just a horse that was definitely bad on debut as well. 
I want to point that out. The horse got a lot of play on debut and, and ran really, really well. I, I was at, I think this was the one, I think I was at top golf when this horse won. I had it up on my iPad and I thought, Oh damn, that's a really good horse. Um, I picked the horse that day. Cause I'd heard some good things from that barn. And then like I said, it, it feels like this is kind of one they like, and you kind of alluded to that. They feel, I feel like they're pretty high on this one. That doesn't mean they're going to win. Just, just saying it, it, it feels like this is one they like. I tell you the horse that I was uh, you know, when I handicapped this uh, first uh, first time I looked at it, the odds weren't out, and the horse I really liked and and and, uh, and looked at quite a bit was the nine Patriot Spirit. Yeah, I, I really like this horse. Now Thank I don't you. like the seven to two. I don't like this horse being second choice. So we'll see how the odds kind of get bet. But I I'd ask everybody to go watch the replay of this horse uh, before you kind of make your decision on how you want to. Uh, bet this race patriot spirit it was a, a colonial down so that's the big thing right because like, yep. like why is that horse but the other thing too is like it's a two hundred thirty-five thousand dollar purchase horse it's a you know they obviously have hopes for the horse um yep. so you, you watch this race it was very very professional the horse kind of raided off the speed when it came time to run he never you know never even asked the horse just kind of cruised up and just went by and won by six this horse was never out of first gear so to me, that's a big, big factor. Yes, it was at a you know a shitty track, but it it was it was not ever close whatsoever. This is obviously a horse that needs to be in a better race. So, you know, gets the same jockey up, Castillon, who obviously rode well that day. I think this horse is interesting. Did you like this one? I did. Yeah, I think this is one you better put on a ticket. I I was with you a lot to be like, oh, that's weird, like Colonial Downs and blah blah blah. But you're right. I mean this was never a race. This was a laugher. And this was one where it's like, yeah, you could see that horse definitely in a Saratoga race winning or a Del Mar race or whatever, even Ellis park, you know, those are tracks that usually produce two-year-olds better than what colonial downs will produce. So if you're going to take a maiden from colonial, that's how you want them to win. And I think sitting off the pace, it was really nice. And I think that horse is going to, from the outside post, will be able to kind of just sit off the pace here as well. So uh, yeah, I, I like this horse quite a bit. I, it, he still is the mystery horse until we see him in a race like this, though, for sure. And yeah, I, I, there is some speed. I agree, Mark. Um, and there is like, you know, you go through the list and you're going to, you're typically going to have a lot of speed horses in, in these kind of races, or at least on the form. Um, so it kind of sets up to me a lot for, I know I've seen a lot of, uh, love for the six sees the grave for our boy D Wayne Lucas. 10 to one, the higher price of the two Lucas horses. And I, I kind of agree with this. I like this horse quite a bit. Um, you know, went off the favorite, which is kind of surprising. Um, you don't see a lot of D Wayne two-year-olds getting go on favorites, but uh, Skidmore uh, in the Skidmore and got uh, third, but just came, was way out of it. You know, didn't break well, came out from way out of it, going five and a half furlongs that day. Six and a half is the furthest this horse has been. And by the way, the horse, you know, rolled that day. Son of Arrogate going longer. If you think there's going to be a somewhat of a pace collapse, I don't think it's out of the question that sees the gray could, could benefit greatly from, uh, from this race and going longer. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's out of the question that he wins. Uh, just for me, I, I don't think 10 to one is going to be the price. I think it's going to be more like four or five to one. Um, yeah. I think because it is, I see that uh, it, because it is a, my race horse, you're going to get a lot of action as well. 
Yeah, you know, the horse uh, The horse did beat a pretty nice one uh, second out uh, there at Saratoga. Was able to hold off a pretty nice horse. Um, the, the effort last time out wasn't very good from Seize the Gray, but like I said, I think like you kind of alluded to, stretching out to a mile is going to help. The fast pace is going to help. So there's there's things I like about him. I don't think he's great. Um, I like him underneath uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's a solid horse. I think he's one that's gonna you're going to see a lot of obviously, but I don't I don't think he's like anything special. But there may not be anything special in this race. That's the thing about the Iroquois. Every every year, you never quite know. This is a stepping off point for horses and not really a, a, a situation where you get a lot of, Oh, this horse is really established type. So I, I think if, if, if the pace comes back to him and there's really not, not a real good horse in the race, I think that I think sees the gray's got a big shot uh, to, to, to win, but um, you know, it's just what price you're going to take on him. Cause he's probably going to be fi- a five to one is my guess. Yeah, and I, I think the other one, Market Street, who, you know, is basically since, you know, really looked good on debut. Um, and then, of course, you know, biggest mistake you can make as a, as a D-Wayne trainee, you win a nice race. And next thing you know, grade three, grade two, grade three, uh, he just fired him in there. And by yeah. the way, the horse really has, well, I guess he got second that day to rhyme schemes, but wasn't close. Um, just has been dusted. And in fact, ran on the turf last time out. So... I, it feels like when you look at the the race, like this is the one that's kind of set, you know, is going to be helping set up things a little bit for the six. So you kind of have that factor, given there is some other speed in the race. Um, from the two Lucas horses, I like the six more. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why D Wayne's a nine percent trainer, nine ten percent uh, win rate as a trainer, and it's it's entries like that where it's just like this doesn't make any sense. And the problem is he wins one out of fifty of them, and then he thinks, oh well, yeah, I got to keep doing it, you know. But Market Street just doesn't look like that type of horse to me. Um, I don't know, man. You know, listen, a lot of times his two year olds they'll they'll go through bad stretches and then they'll come out the other side and they look great a couple of times. So. Maybe that could be the case here, but I, it's hard to make a case for that, for that one in the spot. And it's hard to make a case that he's going to be eight to one versus sees the gray is going to be 10 to one. So one horse that I went against spoiler alert in my, uh, in my uh, preview for the race is, and you can, you can help get me back if you want the three union role for Pletcher. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on him? I don't think he's very good. I mean, you look, you look over the years, when Pletcher sends horses to Churchill Downs for this meet or for the next yep. meet they'll have after Keeneland closes, they never run all that well. I mean, you can, of, of course, you can find exceptions and hold out one or two horses and go, no, 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 look. But overall, as a whole, they don't run all that well. Um, and he, even when they do run well, they don't turn out to be his better horses, right? And that's why I look at this one. Debuted at Monmouth and obviously ran very good. Seven to one on that debut, though, at Monmouth. Todd Pletcher went off at seven to one. That was a bad sign, even though the horse rolled. The speed figure did not come back very fast. I, I just think if if he thought a little bit higher of this horse, we'd see the horse up on the Niver circuit and not here at Churchill. Yep. I, everything you said, I completely agree. There's four factors with him is why, you know, four factors is, is enough, right, to, to make yep. a case against um and you kind of mentioned them, you know, one debuted at Monmouth, not at Saratoga Two went off seven, eight to one, almost eight to one, three show like the, the, the lack of success for Pletcher here. Like when he shows up horses here and three and four is, I mean, no offense to Corrales, but 
not like he got a, a big time jockey to ride him either, you know. So I just yeah. think there's a lot of factors there for to kind of facing against him, certainly not to win. Um, so I'm more I'd be more interested in playing Gettysburg address uh at 12 he's well, not gonna get 12 to 1 considering who's on him but at 12 to 1 versus union roll if, if those two are anywhere close to the same price at, at post time i would rather play gettysburg address i agree i agree and you, you just kind of look at pletcher's numbers at churchill it's the one track he, he kind of struggles at so and I, I think i don't think it's hey he hasn't figured out this track or anything like that i just think that he just kind of sends the b team here a lot of times and Maybe the B team's good enough to win. You know, they have been in the past for sure. Yeah. And and this is not going to be a shock if Pletcher wins, but I, I don't think this is this is one that's going to get the job done. Well, he focused all his he focused all focuses all his big time two year olds at Saratoga. Right. And so there's no like if if a horse shows up here, it's like, well, that was like kind of the also's, you know. That was like you said, that was the B's right. and C's that never never really weren't considered weren't considered at saratoga so yeah i completely agree and maybe it is maybe maybe it's good enough to win i don't think it is uh, in this race but um yeah i i think it's a it's a good reason to bet against so all right guys this is the uh a look at the uh at the iroquois this weekend of course uh win and you're gonna get 10 points on, on the road to the kentucky derby halter and i both like the eight risk it on top and they're off in the pocahontas all right race seven so let's go a few races prior to the iroquois race seven the pocahontas stakes uh, at churchill on saturday the grade three uh also we're 300k going a mile uh, as well for Phillies, uh two-year-olds so now this for the for the girls here and it is an oaks prep race 10 5 3 2 1 for your top five finishers field of nine here as well uh, five to two and seven or a uh, two to one. They're kind of similar as the last race. VV's dream for McPeak, Brad Cox. Uh, you almost had me at two to one, seven to two on hot beach for Lynch on the outside five to one on the inside there from the Norm Castle. You had a great Saratoga meet at five to one. What do you think? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised on the on the Cassie horse. I thought that horse uh, looked really good at Saratoga and, and could come up here and win. But I went all the way to the outside. I'm going to go number nine, Hot Beach, on top in this spot. You look at the debut race for this horse. Uh, got beat by two and a quarter lengths, but finished second. Got beat to Hear You Come Again. Now, Hear You Come Again came back to run after that maiden race against uh, Brightwork in the Adirondack. Got smoked, but got second in that race. So obviously a very good, uh, very good horse beat uh, Hot Beach in that spot. She came right back as a maiden to win the Ellis Park Deputante Stakes. Last time out at Ellis Park, obviously. Now comes up here to Churchill to this race. I think uh, the outside post is pretty good for her and gets Flavian Pratt aboard. I thought that was a very good sign. So I like the number nine hot beach on top in this one. You know, I never can get Lynch right. Well, I never, I never get him right ever, I, and and so <laughs> I'll get you. You're probably right here because I'm, I'm not playing. I'm not going to pick him on top uh, or pick her on top. But I really liked her here as well. I think um, a lot of signs there that uh, that she'll run well. But again, I, I just and I don't know. Speaking of never can get right, and this is like a, a, a bad omen, I think. But I'm. I'm considering McPeak at five to two, uh, which is, I know, right. As long as the horse doesn't go off the favor, but listen, doesn't it kind of feel like this, you know, there's certain races that you feel better about him winning. And it seems like these kind of races on these kind of the, the, this early in the, in the year, you know, as far as the two-year-olds go, 
um, are ones that he can sometimes pull off. And Vivi's dream, you know, I like this horse is the other thing. This horse rolled on debut, dusted him at Churchill Downs, by the way, um, and then came and ran in the Ellis uh, at, uh, in July, just nearly got beat by Brightwork. And Brightwork, obviously, you alluded to with Hot Beach, but Brightwork you know, went on to, to be dominant this year um, at Saratoga. So with Vivi's dream, it feels like th- there's a lot of class there. This horse going longer, I think, is will be nice, too. I, I'm wondering about how far. It's a, it's a daughter uh, of Matoli, yep. um, but uh, it's out of a tap at Mare. Um, and so I'm wondering what, how far this, but I do think the mile, especially the one turn mile, this horse should be okay. But I like Vivi's dream just from a class perspective, even though I have to suck down five to two on her. I have that horse in second. I, I, I think this is a really nice horse, really good on debut. And like I said, second out, lost to bright work. Uh, I, I think this is a nice one as well. I, I, I don't blame you at all for picking this horse. Kind of cool. I, like I think the nine, the six, the seven, and the one. Like that's that's how I've got them ranked, one through four. And I, it, it's kind of cool. Like the one is is by Classic Empire. Uh, the six, like you said, by Matoli. The nines by Omaha Beach, and of course the yeah. seven by Oxbow. So three young sires, and then Oxbow <laughs> thrown in there as well. <laughs> He's not quite the young sire, but it's kind of cool to see Matoli, Omaha Beach, and of course we've seen Classic Empire, but to see him kind of keep going. Uh, those are going to be good young sires. Um, and I think they're going to produce a lot of good horses. I think this is a, probably a better race than the Iroquois. I think moving forward, I, I like these horses a little bit more easy to say before the race, after the race could have a totally different idea, but those look like four really good horses right there to me. The only thing is like we're, we were missing the McPeak horse in the, in the, in the Iroquois. We were, and we're missing an Asmussen horse in this one. You're right. That's the only key that would make this race perfect. But yeah, I, I it does definitely feels like I think I'm very the horse I'm most interested in here as far as what they what it does is Empire Island, just because I I because I thought she looked really good on debut, but cat you know what he surely can't stay as hot as he was. Uh <laughs> but golly, he's been hot. And obviously when him and uh Santana team up hitting it literally hitting at almost 40%. I mean, <laughs> they're just unstoppable right now. And bullet work. But pretty much three. I mean, if you want to like get get uh, uh, detailed here, three of sixty six, four of forty five, and one of seventy four. The last three works. I mean, this horse obviously is geared up for this race. So I think the one Empire Island. I'm kind of talking myself into the Empire Island, but I do think this horse will be tough. If uh, well, certainly if she runs that last race. Yeah, I, I'm like I said, I'm using those four and moving on. I think they're really nice horses and. Listen, Norm Cassie has done a really, really good job of spotting horses. I mean, I think that's one thing. Um, obviously, he's a good trainer. You know, he, he, he's been around horses forever, you know, helping his dad and growing up in the game. But the thing that he's been really impressive with is spotting horses where they can win. Um, you know, yeah. he didn't bring 50 horses up to Saratoga and just try to throw them where they're eligible. He brought a select few. You know, he ran them there. The other ones he kept, he kept back home and it worked out. And so, you know, you don't win a ton of races, like they don't stack up, but you win at a, at a high percentage. So he's done a fantastic job of that. I think he's one of those trainers. Now when he enters a horse, you know, that he's got it in a pretty good spot. You can trust him. The only other one that obviously I think you've got to use for me is, is the seven, right? I know it's favorite, but you know, this horse could be, kind of freaky you know we haven't really you watch the first two the horse just dusts them um 
you know, switches trainers. Uh, and then last out kind of had a little bit of a layoff from, from May to, to uh, August and then kind of stumbled out of the gate, but rallied a little bit. And from a, from that poor start and came back, you know, especially for a horse that's been on the lead kind of just kind of blazing. That's what the horse does. Um, and then to, to that time to kind of have to come off of it and, and finish third beaten two and three quarters to hot beach, a horse that, you know, you and I both like in this race as well. So mm-hmm. I do think if that horse can kind of get you know, a horse for an 84 buyer on second start, if that horse can kind of one, get another race under her belt here and two break. Well, if nothing else will be a huge factor in the pace. I agree. Uh, I, I totally agree with you on that one. I, I think, the question mark with her is, was she just way more advanced early, early in the year than the rest of the two-year-olds? And have they caught up with her a little bit now? You know, just basically because there's a hell of a lot more two-year-olds running now than there were in April and May. Or did she just need to race off the layoff and she's going to p- bounce back? That's the big question. Um, you're right. She could be really good or she could have just been really really early onto the scene and now she's leveling out that's that's the question for me i'm not gonna put the horse on top because of that because as a favorite i don't know if i want to play that horse as as a win um but who knows if she's gonna be the favorite that i think vv's dream might end up being the favorite too so that'll be interesting to kind of monitor as well worth mentioning that the horse on that star that we're talking about the second start the kentucky juvenile that was on uh 4th was that may 4th was that oh, derby or oaks day i don't remember i can't remember if that was i think that was derby day but like may no 4th. that was the th- oh thursday thursday before the derby on yeah. derby day um so that horse ran that day tranch got the third that day and tranch came back and dominated a race uh over miramati who we talked about a little bit in the opening at santa anita dominated that race last out uh, just the other day or i guess last month i'm sorry um, finished the fourth, beaten well in the best pal. So, obviously, maybe not that great of a horse, but did come back to win. Um, out of that race, that uh, the seven to here uh, d- d- dusted her. Um, mm-hmm. in that Kentucky Juvenile, but that was again back in May. Um, all right. So, top picks here. You're going number eight, or I'm sorry, number nine. Sorry, mm-hmm. not the eight. <laughs> number nine, Hot Beach. I'm going to go the six for McPeak. BB's dream. <laughs> All right, time for Rapid Fire, presented by Racing Dudes Best Bets. Make sure you go to the website at racingdudes.com. Click that Best Bets tab on the menu. You can see exactly what myself, what Halterman, uh, Papa Dude, the whole team at racingdudes.com are playing each and every day. Uh, Obviously, we are in football season, so there's going to be NFL picks. I uh, had a nice little parlay on Monday Night Football. Uh, I know you've been playing a lot of NFL and college as well. And we all, of course, have horse racing included in there, but... You know, we always have people asking us, what exactly are you guys playing? You know, a ton of, <clears throat> you guys offer a ton of picks, information on the site, but what picks do you like most? Well, you can get an idea there by subscribing to any of us uh, to see who we're playing that day. There's full stats available. Our profits, um, ROIs are about to be added. Everything that kind of shows you and you can trackable uh, stats to kind of get an idea of who to follow, who to, you know, who to fade and who to follow. So make sure you go to the best bets page at racingdudes.com. Um, especially with this football season kind of getting geared up here. All right, let's go to Woodbine. So we're going to get rapid fire Woodbine, three Woodbine races, all Breeders' Cup Challenge Series races. So let's kick things off here. 
at Woodbine on Saturday. This race six, the bet 365 summer stakes, grade one, worth half a million dollars. One mile on the turf for two-year-olds. Field of 11 lines up here, and you've got the three-to-one favorite, my boy Prince. Uh, is it just me, or have these races, uh, the uh, at least the summer and the Tama, kind of, I guess maybe even the Woodbine mile, if we want to go that far, faded a little bit to me they used to be like you was really excited about them we'd always had one or two really big turf prospects in the race and now you have no no offense to like cassie and adder but it's like these are like the woodbine guys you know and then it it just seems like it's faded a little bit yeah i i think the summer in natalma this year for sure don't look to be quite what they were uh the last few years for sure well and i guess would by mile too because my god they only got six entries we'll talk about that in a second though but yes way, i guess it's a breeder's cup winning your in for the juvenile turf sorry go ahead yeah no no it, it, it's you're right like the more i think about it is yeah this isn't quite as strong yeah um a lot of like cross entries in these two two uh two uh juvenile races too so look at the like look at this you got colts phillies colts phillies i mean a lot yeah. of phillies uh that are in this race obviously uh the tama we'll talk about next which is for the phillies but yeah Yeah. you're right how many of these phillies are gonna actually run here i don't know so um look i'll put number three my boy prince on top i feel like this horse is the real deal The, the synthetic races have all been really good I think the horse should move over to the turf and be okay. Uh, usually translates well. The, the pedigree says the uh, turf should be okay. So I think number three, my boy Prince, after back-to-back, just dominant victories. I think you'll be tough in this spot. So I'm going to go with the Ontario bread for Cassie. Rosario gets them out. I thought that was interesting. So I'll, I'll go number three, my boy Prince. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, give me the number two. Go, go, go. <laughs> give me the two. Carson's run. Uh, you don't see a lot of Cupid sires here, but a, a son of Cupid, um, which let's be clear is not the reason I'm picking the horse, but this horse debuted on the turf for uh, Clement and, and looked really good at Saratoga and then came back to run in the with anticipation. Godbrand won that day, but Godbrand ran a really nice race. It's a nice horse. Uh, this horse finished second, beaten a half. That was going mile 16th both times, cuts back to a mile, which might put a little more pep in the step in kind of coming down the lane late. Um, so I like the Clement shipping in here. And more than anything, it's just like this horse has been running, you know, against good horses at Saratoga, comes in here for this race. Assuming the horse can take to the course, I think this horse will have a nice shot here at four to one. So give me the two Carson's run. All right, let's go to the next one here. We're going to skip race seven. We're going to go to race eight. The Johnny Walker, the Thomas Stake is my favorite horse race name ever. And the Johnny Walker, grade one, half a million as well. One mile turf for two-year-old Phillies. Again, like we talked about, some of these Phillies uh, are also entered in that race we just uh, talked about. So we'll see once these scratches do come out. 15 are officially entered into the race. So we'll see what that scratches down to. Uh, but Halterman, you got Dazzling Star. Appleby bringing in Dazzling Star. Your three-to-one favorite. Four to one and Aris Ariso Ariso. I don't know. You, you tell me that one, but I thought. And again, I don't know. You probably know better than I do as far as like how John does it, is how the odds have to line up, you know, or like add up. But this one doesn't feel like it's gonna. <laughs> is it? It feels like there's a lot of double digit odds in this race, and only two that are even re- three, I guess, a six to one on Golden Cannery. Uh, doesn't it seem like it's like very lopsided with the with like 
huge prize horses. It does. Um, it's supposed to add up to 128 points. I, I have not added this one up, but it does kind of feel a little bit strange. Uh, I don't know that it's going to add up to that. I don't know. There's 15 horses, though, so maybe it does. Um, I'll do the math here for in a minute. Uh, um, yeah, this one. I'll add it up. You caught. I really don't know. I don't know. Like I don't. I don't really know if there's any anybody that's that good in this race. I put number twelve Ozara on top in this one at ten to one. I thought the debut race was really good, uh, you know. And I think this is a pretty good spot. I think it's a lot of confidence shown by Clement that this horse is going to jump up here and be uh, be in a stakes race now. Um, so I think that's interesting as well. So I, I like the number twelve Ozara. I, I don't know if we're going to get ten to one. But I, I think this is a horse that's going to be pretty well meant for this race. A lot of pace, and I think she can come from out of it and make a big run. <clears throat> it, it, but I don't know if it, because they're assuming there's going to be scratches. I don't know, but it added up to one ninety-seven. No, that's not accurate. You're, you're at not. You can't add up the odds. It's the percentages that the odds equate to. Oh, you talk, well. I'll add it up. You do it. Okay, never mind. So you got to give me more. Got to give me more information. Okay, give me, uh, give me the number eight. I like the number eight here. Um, I actually was pretty good at math, Kevin, but uh, I, you know, I just didn't know the rules. Well, he doesn't know. John's never taught him how to make money. That's not Jared's fault. <clears throat> We're at 103, 912. Let's see this 14, six to one. 15 and the 15 is 15. Yeah, it comes in. It comes in four points high. Um, so it's supposed to be 128 uh, points, percentage points, and it comes in at 132. <laughs> so I've seen I mean, worse, but yeah, it, 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 it. I guess once the scratches are, I don't know if that's why they just kind of seems like it just felt like they kind of threw a bunch of odds out there, you know. Well, like, the way John taught me, if if there's horses within the race that are also eligibles or MTOs. Then, then that 128 is thrown out the window. But if, if the body of the field is not MTOs, not also eligibles, which this is what this is, none of these horses are, are that, then it should equal 128. And there is leeway. Like, it doesn't always have to, but that's what that's the goal. That's what you're supposed to get to. Well, we all know that John is better than most people when it comes to that, so... I think John and David Aragona are the only two that actually care anymore about this. And and, and I say that, I, I say that in a good way. Every morning line maker should care, right? But I, I think those are the only two that actually consistently try to make it as accurately as they possibly can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John, I mean, I, we've seen it firsthand. John takes serious time and serious yeah. effort each and every day, not just the big days each and every day making these morning lines and not just that watches the races sees how the odds were bet you know gets mad or frustrated if they're bet differently than how he right. uh anticipated things like that so yeah he's always honing in whereas i feel like a lot of these guys are just like they it's like they do it to do it and then it's it's done right um yeah after it, a lot of it probably has to do with the track probably doesn't put a lot of emphasis in it like they're probably just paying I don't want. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it looks like to me at times the track just kind of pays somebody a little bit of side money to do it. Like I don't know if that it's a that they the track really cares. I mean that's the way it looks. 
based on the evidence that I see day in and day out that aren't those big tracks. But I always laugh when people get, oh, John White, he, what a horrible line. It's like, yeah, if you just knew the work he put into it, you wouldn't say that. Right, exactly. Um, speaking of morning line, I'm going with the 10 to 1 morning line. Number eight, ready okay. to jam uh, for Mark Cassie. <clears throat> you know, when I, you looked at this, uh, the, the way this horse is ran, and, you know, on debut, finished third, came back, won the maiden special weight, going six and a half furlongs, went to six, six and a half furlongs again to catch a glimpse. You watch this race, and the horse, God, I mean, so much traffic trouble down the stretch, never really ran until um, late. And Erosa, how did you say that? Erosa? Erosa. Erosa obviously got the jump on her um, and won that race. But to me, when you're looking at those two horses, I think they're closer as far as talent goes, but you're getting four to one and 10 to one. And so I I like playing the 10 to one here and hoping that, uh, you know, the stretch out and distance, maybe just a little bit better trip this time around, get the job done. So give me the 10 or the eight at 10 to one ready to jam all right let's go to the final race here the race nine the rico woodbine mile grade one uh by the way that was for the juvenile phillies turf this one is for the breeders cup fan duel mile so big time race uh for a big time uh i mean this that's the thing like those two like i feel like you can you we know how the juvenile phillies and juvenile turf that could be you know all over the place but this is a race that can produce some big time horses at the Breeders' Cup. You've got a field of six running for a million dollars on one mile on the turf for three-year-olds and up. And look at this master of the seas brought in by Appleby. Buick comes in to ride even money favorite, last seen winning at Ascot. Uh, this is a real time horse uh, to me and, and and out of the out of the field. And I think there's a few decent ones in here, but out of this field, like feels like the horse that is certainly poised to be a legit breeders cup contender to me this is not a great field of challengers against master of the seas to me if masters of the Seas shows up with a with a normal effort he should just outclass this group right um you know war bomber not too bad cheryl spite not too bad ice chocolate not too bad all those horses are they're okay but master of the seas is seems like a big time horse so I, I went against Appleby in the Natalma. I am not going against him here. I This is probably going to be my single on the card. I I think this horse just looks way better than the rest of this group. I mean, like, like let's, put it, let's put it this way. I mean, let me, let me, before I... Now, Cheryl Spite is one that <clears throat> maybe she's a little, you know, dated at this point. She's maybe getting a little tired. But, you know, last uh, November, she got second to uh, Modern Games in the British yep. Cup. Yep. So... Uh, or he did, I guess. Uh, so he, I mean, he's capable. By the way, er, there, you know those horses' names. Everyone, I'm sure, has these like that sound a little feminine. Yep. I, I, I always immediately call them females every time. Yep. Um, and Cheryl Spite sounds like Cheryl's Spite, and so it, I immediately go. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, hey, listen, is, sure, it's a dumb name. Okay, dumb name. That's a horse that can't win because it's a dumb name. Right. That's another factor you got to go into. Anytime you see a horse on the Kentucky Derby Trail, it's got a dumb name. Forget about it. Not going to win. Um, but listen, you're right. I kind of like immediately like, okay, the one is the favorite. The one's probably going to win. Let's see how we beat the horse. You start to go through the field. You're like, ah, no. 
these horses ain't gonna do it you know it, you can tell me that let's say the horse that finished third to casa creed annapolis is gonna come and beat a horse that just won at royal ascot like that just seems dramatic um and so i i, I do think appleby is gonna be locked and loaded here and you know i don't know uh, you know right now it's obviously we can look uh as we get closer but this feels like you know last year modern games was brought into this race i believe modern games was in brought into this this was wasn't he the favorite that last year for this yep. race yep um so obviously appleby likes to bring his really good ones to run here it's a million dollar purse as a prep race to whatever is it probably two million three million dollar race mm-hmm. at the breeders cup so give me the one master of the seas not a big shocker here i'm with you total single <laughs> to me this horse just just dust them it should never be close should but it's horse racing that it is there's no such thing as a i see no way this horse loses <laughs> Well, the one plus side is it's not ran, it's not being ran at Kentucky Downs. It's <laughs> well, so, yeah, yeah, true. I, uh, I, I play, you know, this, but I'll tell the story. I last, I don't know what day it was, Saturday, maybe, or I played two best bets on the best bets page, um, two exactas at, at, uh, at Kentucky Downs. And I text Alterman and he's just like, yeah, good luck. Mm-hmm. And, both of them ran like both of the horses I had. I, I can't remember how exactly I played them, but like they, they were all right there. It was like second and fourth, or first and fourth, or fourth and you know, whatever. Like it wasn't like I was just, but it was nowhere in the big picture, it was nowhere close, you know. It's like I don't know how it literally feels like when you play Kentucky Downs, you are okay. Let me handicap this real quick, and now let me just throw a dart, and that's who I'm going to go with. There's really no rhyme or reason. 99% of the time at Kentucky Downs. Well, Kentucky, you got to know the track. Kentucky Downs is not conducive to what you want to do, period. Kentucky Downs is not a, I'm going to play a $20 double and, and pick out a horse or two. Uh-uh. Kentucky Downs is I'm going to play a 50-cent box and put one <laughs> horse I like, two crazy ones, and then one long shot that I would never pick. There is, yeah, Kevin. And the, play it every time and and play it every way. Every race just throw shit up against the wall and then it's gonna come back to you eventually during the meet. That that's how you play it. There, but there is no confident. There is no, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna load up on this horse. It's just that's not a thing there. It's just not. And you, if you play it like that and you're patient, you will hit a few that'll put you through. But a good strike right there is hit like four or five during the whole meet. Yeah. No exaggeration. Oh. To be fair, like I don't, I don't, I, I, I think the meat is awesome. Like as far as like it's fun yeah. to watch because it's like exci- every finish is exciting. It's weird, but from a betting standpoint, it's not my favorite track. Uh, it's just really hard. You you have to know as a gambler where you're at and, and what happens there. And it's like Dennis is he's like you got a three hundred dollar exacto yesterday. I has no idea how he got it. Of course he doesn't. Go look at the results. I mean, if you're handicapping that and hardcore handicapping it, I don't know what to tell you. You're better off just quickly looking at it, going three or four minutes, going, okay, I do like this horse. Now I'll just throw some yeah. prices around this horse and we'll see what happens. You basically that's, have to that's go what it is. It. Anybody that tells you different, they're lying. You have to you have to have the the it's like a very uh you have to have a very open 
uh, thought process when it comes to handicapping. Like almost like, 100%. could this horse ever win this race? Yeah, maybe. 100%. You know what I mean? You can't be like, well, no, probably not. no. If like that, if there's any chance in hell, you think that like, you got to include it. My favorite thing about Kentucky Downs is the psych out on the stretch run. It, it, you make it makes you think they're almost the wire, and then they change the angle. You're like, nope, they still got like you know a furlong, half a furlong to go. So it, <laughs> they're the never almost there. Like right there. You're like, oh shit, <laughs> it's not. And I always, I always have that horse too, where it's like, it's like, okay, he's in front, and it's like, oh no, they got like 500 <laughs> yards left. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, oh, he's tired already. He's gonna, he's not gonna get there. Yeah, you know, it's my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, some people said, are you miss Kentucky downs? Well, it's, listen, it's fun. It's, you have to go into the mindset. If you go in with the mindset, Hey, it's fun. I'm not going to throw a ton of bankroll on it. I know it's going to be a little bit wild. I'm not going to get mad when I miss four or five in a row and you play it for the whole meet. You're probably going to end up ahead. You're going to have days where you hate yourself. You're going to have days where it's fun and you just have to realize you're going to miss a lot. But when you get a couple of horses that you like, they 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 come in, and 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 that's all you need. You just need one or two caches at that track, and you're good for the day. Yeah, good call, Patrick. I did not. That that was that was. I think I had the second and third horses in my exact. And I, the way I play is not like you said too. It's I'm. It's not conducive to Kentucky Downs no. because I hammer. I, I'll take a. I'll take prizes. I'm not afraid to take a prize, but I hammer it. And I when you do that, you have to take you have to make some sort of opinion, you know, and that and one of those opinions was not using a horse like your jockey. So, um, I, I think, I think honestly, uh, Dennis's style, like Kentucky downs, a betting style works the best because Dennis kind of is just all over the place with different types of bets and getting a lot of horses involved. And I think at some tracks, that's not the way to go about it, but at Kentucky downs, I think that's a thousand percent, the way you go about it. And I think if you do that and like I say, you can, you may have one horse where you, you kind of run some things through, but you're, you've got shit going on <laughs> around them too. Yeah. Patrick, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like Kentucky downs is like going to Vegas with your buddies. Yeah. It's like going to Vegas, you know, your whatever money you're bringing, which by the way, a little pro tip, make sure you have a certain amount you plan on spending and you don't plan on coming home with it. And if you come out with it or more than great, it was a su- successful trip. If you don't, Make sure you had fun while you were there, you know? It's an experience. You, you just can't you can't get down on yourself. That's that's the biggest thing. And that's that's what I learned from experience. You know, you come off Del Mar, you come off Saratoga, and you, you know, whether you had a good meet or not, you it's kind of they're, they're more formful to, hey, I handicapped this race and it kind of came in how I saw it. And then you get there and you're like, I can't believe I just bombed nine races in a row. <laughs> That's that's just it, right? But again, when you're right, you're really, really right, and it, it's really, really good. And it's, I used to be like, this is just a possible and stupid track. It's really not that. It's just you kind of got to go in with that mindset, and you you got to know where you're at, right? You can't can't go into Charlestown tonight trying to play all the thirty to ones, right? <laughs> but but you can at Kentucky Downs. You can, but well, you I mean, can, but you're gonna lose a lot. All right, guys, that's all the time we have. Check us out at racingnews.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our Handicap Products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button at the menu at racingnews.com to learn more. Remember to go check out the Best Bets page as well as our free premium page so you can get access to 
not just uh, premium picks, but Soma Bombs has uh, frequently has uh, offers a free pass there, or or the Rockets. You can get involved in that. You just got to log into your uh, dashboard, and you'll see those free days to kind of get an idea of what we're offering. If you are interested in upgrading to some sort of premium pass all right the racing dudes are on twitter at racing underscore dudes instagram and facebook you can find all episodes of blinkers off by visiting our podcast page apple podcast spotify all the places you listen to we are there as well as our youtube page so make sure you go like and subscribe to our youtube page right now stay tuned for about a little less than two hours the magic mike show will be live doing the middle pick five at woodbine so the middle pick five is kind of where they put all the stakes races so they're going to take a look at that pick five sequence at Woodbine on Saturday, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Also, uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. The tomorrow at 4 p.m. Central, so 5 p.m. Eastern, we are going to go live. I don't know what the official title of it is yet. I haven't seen it out there that, that Magic named it, but basically, we're gonna have a roundtable of everyone that at Racing Dudes kind of get together all here live. You guys come in with us uh, and talk until and as long as we want about. Kind of the we kind of talked about this a little bit last week of what we we're going to come up with something kind of the general outlook of horse racing what's going on with it we're going to not hold anything back on it and so you'll want to stay tuned for that get, fix a drink and uh, it's you know it's Friday happy hour and and uh, we can kind of all get together and let some steam out for what's going on in horse racing so I thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to uh, especially now that Del Mar's over um, as we kind of go towards that next phase of racing here to the breeders cup. We can kind of all, uh, um, kind of hash some of that out. So make sure you stay tuned for that. You look for another reason to subscribe to our YouTube page. You'll be alerted. Um, when you go live or when that thing is scheduled, uh, Halterman did, uh, how are you feeling about your, uh, chiefs 49ers prediction last week after week one? Fine. <laughs> yeah. I feel worse about mine with the Bengals. I thought the Bengals loss was really bad. Um, but I'm not too concerned. I think the week one was just a weird week in general. Saw a lot of teams not perform. Um, but, yeah, uh, week one is always – you can't overtake week one um, too serious. Although I can say for sure that the 49ers, as long as they stay healthy, I feel very good about the 49ers bet. 49 and Cowboys, I, I think the Cowboys, this might be their year, Alterman. Oh, I mean, week one is just take it and leave it. It's over. I mean, it, you know, the Bengals were terrible uh, this year. They were terrible last year, and they were in the AFC title at the end of the year. I guarantee you the Cowboys aren't as good as what they looked week one. I mean, this is this is the week for, for a better. You can take advantage of a lot of things and a lot of bad lines for week two yes. of the NFL with the overreactions, and there's a ton of them. Um Look, the Chiefs, I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, they, you know, it, it literally, they make one catch out of the eight they dropped, they win the game. Um, people are going to overvalue the Lions after this. That I didn't think they played that good, to be honest. Um, they scored yeah, 14 I mean, look, points. 49ers they scored 14 are great. points. They scored 14 points. Yeah, they're not, they were adequate. They were good enough to win the game. Uh, so you got to give them credit for that. But that's kind of where it ends. I Look, I, I don't. I didn't take much away from week one. I, I thought it was a lot of bad football across the board. I don't think anybody really played that great. Um, minus the 49ers. They, they did play really good. It, it felt weird, too. It was like uh, not just bad football, but also uh, injuries. A lot of hammies were you know were pulled. I don't know if there's any kind of like correlation to, you yeah. know, lack of uh, offseason or, you know, like not 
I don't know, like the shorter preseason and maybe players not playing much or whatever, but a lot of injuries, a lot of weird outcomes. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what you really take at that, but certainly when it comes to the Chiefs, um, I you, you got Chris Jones is back. Kelsey, I think, will be back this weekend. Um, I would imagine if, if not, <clears throat> we'll be close. So it's like, I feel like what we saw from the Chiefs Thursday night was not what we're going to see moving forward. No, and it's one game, and they play 17 of them now. And it, in the grand scheme of things, fairly meaningless. So I, I, if you're sitting there worried about something, I mean, I guess don't would be my recommendation. I, I just don't feel like there's anything to really take away from it. Now, again, if, if it becomes a pattern and they struggle again and they struggle again, well, then, yeah, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> the... The schedule is a lot. Well, I think it was Jets week four. We had that game, obviously. Dude, wasn't is that not the craziest thing? Like you talk about the crazy twenty four hours for. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think. Hang on, sorry. I'm here. My my Cooper's in there on the phone. And I'm trying to figure out who he's talking to on Facetime. <laughs> I think it's my dad. Um, <laughs> oh, I hope it's my some guy. <laughs> I hope it's him. By the way, shout out to the Turtles. Came back and won week two last week. You guys will nice. stay tuned to Blinkers Off. Uh, three to one victory. Halterman, I think you about called that, right? I said four to two, so I, I feel good about it. Yeah, I did. I bet the Turtles minus a goal and a half. So, worked out. Um, I like Turtles. Yeah, who are we playing tonight? Yeah, we got a game tonight at 6.50. Uh, play the Raptors, and the Raptors... I'm worried about. I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm worried about the red. I'll, I mean, let's do it. This every week. Um, What's so, their record? <clears throat> let me pull it up. I believe they're undefeated. We're two one and one. They're two and zero. Oh. Who do they beat? Uh, the Raptors. <clears throat> one week one four or two to one. I'm sorry, two to one. Um, it's a close game there. They beat the herd of cats seven to zero last week. Herd of cats. Herd of cats was the team name they beat. So take that. You got to take that into account. I mean, with a team like that, you're not probably not the greatest of teams. Um, Did they beat week one? Some team called Dynamite. Dino, like a dino, might. Dynamite lost the next week. Uh, Not a lot to go off there, but the Raptors. I think the, the seven points last week tells me that. They are. Uh, they at least have one player that can score. That's usually what on this in this level. That means you, if you can score seven points, there's just somebody. So I think it's going to be an offensive game. <clears throat> We're going to have to score. This is definitely this is U eight soccer, Kevin. I would say seven year olds. Four. <laughs> I'm gonna go four three Raptors. Oh boy, that hurts. Well, I just I just feel like the seven goals, although they only scored two the week before. I know. That was week one, though. We just talked about week ones can be weird. You guys came back and played, but the, you, you played a nameless team last week. We did, but we t- it turned out they were, I don't even remember what they were. They had a jersey that had a name, but yeah, they were not. Yeah, good. but come on. I mean, you <laughs> only beat them three to one. Uh, I got to go. I'll go Raptors. I'm going to go Raptors. Uh, I'll go Raptors four to two, actually. Four two Raptors win. I think that's a, yeah. I think that's pretty fair. I I don't. I'm I'm not expecting a win tonight. <laughs> but I but I, but I'll coach them up. Don't you worry about it. Okay. Well, I'll 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 get them. Uh, 
jacked up for the game. Don't worry. Just, and I've kind of got I'm a system. I got. A, I found a goalie. A big key. Big change for the team here is I found a goalie okay. that's at least respectable, where I can get Cohen in the field and play, where he's dominant. Okay. He is. Uh, he is dominant. He scored both the goals or two of the three goals last week. Right. Um, and so he when and he only played half because I had him in the goal for half the game. And so uh, I think if I can fade him out of the goalie and get him in the field, that's going to increase our chances. But uh, we don't do halftime snacks after it's after game snacks. So um, and I, I don't have the rotation because I'm the coach. I just, they just I just make the kids bring them. So, man, I, I'm worried. I'm I'm worried that Cohen doesn't have a lot of help. He he's got a few two kids that are pretty good. Well, With the him. Raptors sound like they got well, I don't know. That two to one score still bothers me about the Raptors. I don't well, know. Everyone stay tuned. I'll give an update next week. Um Halter and I will will definitely text you immediately, let you know. I'm you keeping track. I'm one and oh. I'm one and oh. That's right. You're one and oh. Hopefully the turtles well, you're I guess you're a your team uh Raptors tonight. So yep, team Raptors tonight. Um, uh, but again, not very good data to go off of. So um, no like, no common opponents. That's tough, but it's true. I know we're starting to get, it's hard because and then one nice thing about them keeping scores here is that you can get an idea, but they're not, we don't have enough data yet to go off of um, yep. to figure out who's good and who's not good. So give me like after this week, there's some matchups that are going to help factor in what we're going to do. We The next week's game, I can already tell you, I don't even know. I, I based off of what I've seen, it's lock. It's turtles lock of the century. I like turtles. Who are they playing the, next I'm, week? I'll put it on the best bets page. I'm, we play. Uh, we play the herd of cats. Oh, the herd of cats have got to be awful. <laughs> the herd of cats. If they got well, uh, this will be a big telling point tonight because the herd of cats got beat by the Raptors seven to zero last week. There's no, the herd of cats are awful. So if we're competitive with the Raptors tonight, we're going to smoke the. I mean, just by the way, if you have a name of herd, just like I talked about earlier with horses. Yeah. Herd of cats is. Mark it down. That's a win. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mark it down. That's a win. I heard it. No, I can hear it up there. <laughs> the herd of cats. It's pretty awesome. All right, guys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, I, I actually thought about I saw we were at the Halloween store the other day and I thought about I saw the costume I thought about getting a little Ted Lasso but <laughs> no one would think it's funny because you know they're all kids so right <laughs> <laughs> it, would just, it would just be weird what you think think the turtles are going to win tonight huh who are you talking to in there oh Papa yeah. okay it wasn't my dad good deal good deal are we gonna go eat after the game? Take it. Take a breath. Yeah. No. Before <laughs> the game. Oh, before the game. Good call. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you stick around for the Magic Mike show. And make sure you stick around for next week as we uh, give an update on who uh, turtles. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Altman. He's Cooper. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. <laughs>
This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes first. I like turtles.